I'm going to now um, invite everyone to uh, our uh, Friday evening talk. And so if you're new to us, then just to share that Inner Space, it's a meditation center that's based in Covent Garden. And we've been running well-being sessions in and around London for companies, charities, and for um, everyone for over 25 years. And so obviously currently um, our, all our events are running online and our speaker this evening is live from Australia in the most beautiful settings ever, um, Chrissy Mahoney. And, and so Chrissy is an actor with a long and successful career in, in performing arts. And then Chrissy's also worked in conflict resolution with individuals and organizations. Um, but you're in Melbourne right now, aren't you, Chrissy? I am, yes, very much. <laughs> very much stuck here in Djokovic country. <laughs> oh, wow. We won't, we won't go there. Won't go there. <laughs> 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 so, um, Chris is going to be sharing tools on fear, stop it from stopping you. And um, fear, uh, F E A R, so is it making you forget everything and run, or will you face everything and rise? And so Chrissy will share insights on how to change our relationship with fear, how to work through our fears um, and become fearless and fear wise. I like that one. That's a new phrase for me, the becoming fear wise. Mm. Um, and I love this topic on fear because it's got so many different layers and I'm always mm. curious in how it shows up in my life and how it seems to drive me. And um, it's always like, there's always more to discover. <laughs> yes. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Thank you. So over to you, Chrissy, and welcome to everyone um, who, you know, people are continuing to join us. So welcome, welcome to everyone. Over to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's lovely to be here, you know, when we can't travel anymore, or we're starting to, and I'm planning to, <laughs> but, um, it's just wonderful to be here in live, even though it's 5.30 in the morning here. Um, and you're the first people I've spoken to today. It's, um, it's great to be here from Australia. And um, this is a really raw topic, isn't it, at the moment, fear. And, um, and thank you for inviting me and thank you for being here with your curious minds and open hearts to explore this topic. And uh, you must be very interesting and uh, wonderful people to have been to even be tuning in on a Friday night when there's so many other things you could be doing and that you are interested in exploring these different topics that that inner space provides. And uh, so the fact that you're interested in this topic, and the fact that you're you're here is a sign that you're already engaged and are, are confronting this whole notion of fear that we experience in the human condition, in a, in a human life. Um, it's there right from the beginning of our lives and it can be a great friend fear. You know, we go, oh, fear, it's a four-letter word. Oh, no. It's um it starts with F and it's a four-letter word and it's just traumatic and but it can also be a, a great friend of ours because it can keep you safe. It can take you out of danger. So it's an animal instinct, really, in a way, the the whole notion of, of 
you know, fight, flight or freeze. But um, it came in originally from the, the need to survive, the need to feel safe. But it's been distorted as all things have been, all our emotions, all our, you know, love has been distorted. These are the high, you know, one of the highest uh, connections that we can have with ourselves and humanity is to, to, be, to love and be loved. And uh, whereas fear has, has really become a destructive thing and a, man, and a, a form of manipulation to keep, to keep somewhat the other, a population or a person in a state of fear gives you some form of control and some form of power over the other by keeping them in a fearful state. And um, so, you know, as, as, as little ones, we, we have to learn to survive, don't we? We have to learn to survive in the adult world. We have to learn to survive in, the, in, in all the unknown areas of our life. And that can be quite fearful sometimes until we learn the skills, until we learn the language, until we learn the, um, the processes that keep us safe. Um, even at school, it's, you know, we're so afraid of, will I be liked or will I get, have a, will I get a good friend? Will I be alone? And, um, and even when we're older, will I be loved or does that person love me? Or will they marry me? Or will they, um, will I, will I get this job? Will I be able to survive financially if I don't? And all these, all these uh, fears come to us and, become second nature, becomes part of life. And we try and avoid it as much as we possibly can, don't we? we? We try and avoid fear where we can. And I look back on my own life now that I'm getting older and, uh, and uh, you know, we were saying at the beginning, it's a beautiful thing getting older because you have retrospect and you, you can learn from the years gone by well hopefully anyway because I don't want it all to be a big waste of time I want to come out of it with some kind of wisdom and experience and um, you know I always remember being a child when I thought what do I want to be everybody was always asking what do you be when you what do you want to be when you grow up I thought wow growing up is such a big mountain to climb what do I want to be when I reach that pinnacle of grown up and I, I thought, you know, I think what I'd like to be is really interesting when I'm grown up. I'd like to be really interesting and wise because I thought if I was wise, I would understand everything and then everything would be okay. And, uh, and so I think by making that pact as a young girl, I, um, I've grown into that. And uh, because I find it... Um, in the times when I have brought him wisdom rather than fear, an inner knowing rather than fear, it's calmed my beating heart and, and it's driven me more towards becoming an older person that is wiser or more interested and interesting than a fearful um, person who is uh, snapping at people because I've, I'm afraid or I'm reclusive because I'm afraid of being rejected. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting journey into fear. And even sometimes the cultures and religions that we grow up in um, make us fearful. 
and implant fear into us, uh, the whole fear of God, you know, the whole notion that God is the one that punishes, God will, will strike you down. And so we, it's very difficult to live a life feeling free because it's like there's always someone looking over your shoulder who is going to hit you or strike you down. Or, and so we lose that capacity to be free, to be childlike, to be, to be curious, because what happens if we make a mistake, we'll be punished. And um, what happens if I fail, I look really stupid. And I look back on, as I was saying before, I look back on my own life and um, the journey I've taken because I, I chose at a very young age to go into the acting profession and people thought when you're little, oh, little girls want to be an actress, you know, they, but it was more than that for me. It was always trying to understand the human being, the people around me. I thought if I could act them, if I could be them, then I would understand them. And uh, so I took this journey, I took this path into, into acting with a really open heart. And I'm glad I went into it with that open, curious heart that there weren't um, lesser motives behind it of, you know, look at me, look at me and, um, and uh, wanting the approval and accolades of others. It was never about that. It was about trying to understand myself and others. And it was a, it was a great journey and, and a very interesting journey, very insightful to play another, to step into the shoes of another and understand what's going on in them and why they are like that with me. And um, so it always gave me a sort of a form of compassion, I suppose, because of my developmental self learned how to stand in the shoes of others. And um, but so on, the, on one hand, there was this wonderful capacity to build um, a greater sense of being in this world and having a place in this world. And on the other hand, it ran parallel with this terrible fear, this um, unbelievable, breathless, traumatic fear at times. I had a, um, a chronic fear of auditions. So the whole lead up to an audition, I couldn't do enough preparation in order to, to calm the terror inside of me and to stand in front of um, three or four people standing behind, sitting behind a trestle table and feeling so exposed. And especially there's a form of shyness and thinking, well, they're just looking at just me. I'm here all on my own. And I felt so vulnerable. And um, because in order to represent the human spirit and the human being, there has to be a vulnerability there. And vulnerability really puts you at risk with fear. And so to be in a state of being vulnerable, which is a wonderful state, to be vulnerable means you are also open to possibilities. It means that there's an absence of arrogance and ego but it's also a very precarious state to be. So there has to be an awareness that I am feeling vulnerable or I am vulnerable here. And what should I do? Not to lose my mind in that vulnerable place, but to bring in that the master part of the self, 
the the strength within the self that can go I'm in a vulnerable situation and how do I manage it but I couldn't do that in an audition <clears throat> it was really hard for me because in rehearsals I was always wonderful I was innovative and and free and um, involved in my response the responsibility I had to the character I was representing but in an audition it was more about me and uh, I used to be you know I was told to do breathing exercises if you breathe in for four hold for four breathe out for four it would finally calm you and it does you know when you when you really really practice it and focus on it breath is everything because when when we become fearful we either stop breathing or we just grab a little bit and hold it or it's quick it's fast it's like you can when someone is really panicking or really fearful you, you know they're 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 really their breathing is uh really rapid um uh puffing almost and so usually we say or we say to a child that is panicking okay just take a deep breath you know just breathe so I tried all of those kind of things and um but this fear in me uh, just always overrode everything and um and I was always just so relieved when I walked out of that room <clears throat> I remember going for a singing audition once for a musical called Into the Woods <laughs> And it was with the Sydney Theatre Company. So it was a really big deal. <laughs> and I remember standing there and I had my song prepared <laughs> and I started singing it. And it's because they want a chest voice, which means you're not up here in an operatic sound, but you know, you're more singing from here. And I was so nervous that I got into the wrong octave. And um, which meant that as the song climbed, it, the, 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 the notes got higher and higher and higher and so did my voice because of my fear and so I was I, I thought oh no I've got to hit this top note and I don't know how I'm going to do it so fear actually drove me to this top note and the, and the musical director stopped and said okay stop for a minute stop for a minute he said to the pianist what note was that and the pianist said that was a top C, and this and this director, this musical director said, but you can't sing top C in your chest. Nobody sings top C in their chest voice. But fear had driven me <laughs> to this pinnacle. It was just extraordinary, and of course I didn't get the job because they they didn't really know what I was capable of. I didn't, I didn't represent myself appropriately. It was purely survival. This piercing note honestly could have shattered every window in the building. <laughs> it was extraordinary, but I got it. It was in tune and I got it, but it was panic that drove it there. Panic and, and fear can make us lift a car off a loved one. You know, they say you get superhuman strength. So it's an extraordinary energy when it is harnessed for the good, when it is harnessed to represent us well. But when it's not, it's a very, um, it's a very debilitating experience. So we all, we all, there's plenty of information out there on the internet about fear. And so because we have this gift of technology and internet now, 
for as long as it may last. We can research many, many things. We speak to each other in conversation around what does fear mean to you? So educate yourself, ask yourself about the, the response you have to fear, what brings fear on in you, that you are your greatest teacher. I'm just sharing my thoughts with you this evening. I'm just sharing my experience of fear. And, um, but you ask yourself, when did fear start and why, what does, how does it serve me? And so have conversations when you meet up with close ones um, and see what you can learn from the conversation with yourself and, and with others, because it's a very, very, very important conversation to be having now, <clears throat> because the world is in a state of, um, of flux. It's in a state of panic almost because there seems um, kind of we can in, we can get the impression that there's no end to this pandemic that the world is in this COVID crisis and so what it's doing and which I'm observing is a, a voyeur of humanity of a of a of one who in who likes to understand what is happening to us. I'm a bit of a social scientist in that way, I suppose. But um, we're in a pandemic of fear, I believe. And so it's really hard for us to, to, to see uh, a future or we're living kind of like now and coping with what is happening now. And when we think of what might come or what will happen, um, there's, there's, uh, we're gripped by fear. And so what does fear do? A fear has that uh, unhealthy fear. There's healthy fear and unhealthy fear, but unhealthy fear has repercussions and it can, and it, and, and it brings a lot of stress and um, which is only natural because we have, we have forgotten our capacity to create, create and recreate. And, um, and it's a time for that. It's really time for us to be innovative and to think outside the box and to find new ideas. And fear gets in our way of this. It can make us small. It can stop us in our tracks. It can make us forget our dreams, our tra the, traje the trajectory that we were on moving forward in my life, the hopes I had for my later for later in my life or my children's lives and there's the wonderment of now and the times that we're in is that we have the capacity to rise above and to be to to fear less which is that beautiful two words fear less and become fearless um, but how do we do that in reality it's okay in theory but we really need to, I believe anyway, we really need to hold ourselves to have compassion for the self and, and the world and where we're at at the moment to, I am, I am okay, to when I really get my, my beating heart and my fear for the future and my fear for um, how we're going to come through this winter. There's this beautiful... Um, self-compassion 
or the process of self-compassion is beautiful and it's really worth investigating the processes of self-compassion because it has to start with you. There's a beautiful process that says, I am safe, I am loved, I am protected. So when they're, they're I really do feel unsafe around, uh, uh, unsafe in my environment, I am safe, I am loved, I am protected. It's like a little mantra, it's like a little affirmation, it's like a soothing lullaby that we can use, I am safe, I am loved, I am protected, all is okay, I'm okay. So we need to come back into alignment with ourselves because fear can throw us out of alignment. It can disconnect ourselves from ourself and that is the greatest perilous vulnerability is the separation from self. It can be the greatest loneliness is the separation from self. It doesn't matter how exciting and wild my life is, there can still be that inner loneliness or that inner that feeling of not being not being fulfilled because I have lost or left behind or disconnected from the precious, precious part, which is me, the center of my life, the 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 the, the pole that holds up the marquee, the the, the center pole. And to lose that is really perilous because then we become desperate for others to create a solution for us. I need the government to provide me with safety and security. I need my friends around me and they're not around me like they were. We can't always meet up like we can. People are isolating or they're, and isolation can be a really a dis disturbing word. I'm isolated but you can never be isolated from yourself ever. It's who you came into this world with. It's who travels with you. But it's easy to feel that disconnection when we've lived a life that has been full of distractions and uh, diversions. And there, a lot of our distractions and our diversions and our, you know, the things that, 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 that provide entertainment for us have been limited or taken away. If I'm in business, I've always run my business like this, or I had this, I, this, this pathway for my family was this. So what do we need at times like this, when fear has gripped us? We need creativity. We need to be more innovative. We need to go back to the childlike state of play and, 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 and the pleasure of, of, um, of, creating and possibilities so because fear the other the other um, um, uh, result of fear the other uh, payback from from being too fearful as I said before is stress but what it does is it lowers the immune system and at a time when we need our immune systems to be so strong and so intact and so like a fortress around us, we're in a state of fear or stress or panic or, or depression and our immune system goes down. And the creative self keeps the immune system strong because we go, wow, okay, like I have lived a perilous life. I have, my income has been 
totally erratic. Work comes and it goes. Sometimes it's just, and as you get older, as an, as an artist, it's even harder because until older actors start dying off and then you get more parts. But it's, um, I've lived a life of that. I've lived a life of being financially precarious. I've lived a life of being rejected, of going to auditions, wanting this part desperately and not getting it being turned down and, sudden, and, and knowing I'm out of work again. And so it's, it's what it's done is the, is the lack of or the, um, the, 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 the um, living a perilous life, an uncertain life, has actually built me a stamina and a strength that I'm really grateful for now. I'm really um, I'm grateful that I have um, a resilience and a stamina, and we all have it. We have all overcome um things in our life that have been traumatic or have been um where I've been vulnerable or where I've thought how am I ever going to get through this and we have and we do and we can and we and we have to nurture that in each other it's not an airy fairy state anymore it's not like going oh well it's just you're so optimistic and I can't talk to a lot of people like this because they just they don't want good news. They want to indulge in the bad news. So uh, again, I, I, you know, the, the fear is fed by those that we have around us and what I choose to listen to. How much of the news do I take in? How much of the news do I read? How much do I need to listen to the BBC or whoever to give me updates on bad news? I've got a friend who just scours every newspaper in the world, all the different newspapers on the internet to read what's happening in different parts of the country. I said the other day, any bad news updates? Because I can't cope with too much. I know that about myself. And perhaps it's a weakness, whatever. It's just that I know myself well enough now to know that too much bad news does my head in and I can't, I lose connection with my purpose, with my joy, with my creativity, my possibilities. So I just read the headlines. I basically know an overall of what's going on. Human stories are different. I kind of like if it's a good, a well, a well-written story of how somebody's been through something and come through the other side then I love those stories. I love the whole notion of Desmond Tutu, who we've lost just recently. What, a, what an extraordinary spirit that was able to overcome fear of a, of a, a fear of a kind that I've never been exposed to and hopefully never will to that degree, apartheid. And so the human spirit can overcome and we have to just continually find opportunities to protect it through what we take in, what we listen to, the company we keep. Um, do I have a connection with a divine, um, a silent, uh, peaceful, whether it's called spirituality or a universal energy or a, a healing energy? There's a, there's, on the other side of all of this is a kind of a calm. It's, it's, it's an energetic stillness that can support us, that can be like oxygen to the soul, that can calm us, that can re reconnect to, to our potential, to our inner knowing, the wisdom that will hold us strong in a storm. 
we have to find and investigate and be curious. One of the great, great uh, elements of creativity is to be curious, is to ask, well, it's like this, but maybe I can also do it like this. Maybe I can, maybe I can be more creative with my cooking. And, and by doing that, I save some money by not needing all these other ingredients. Maybe I can do more outside, more outdoors by in nature that will nurture me, that will, that will, will nurture the nature within myself. I mean, I, I, um, I suppose for my, in my life, I, because I was representing the soul, the, the human spirit in the, in the work that I did, I wasn't about rep representing the human being. I was representing who, who we are, who we are, the soul of the character as I was playing, the human, not the human doing of, oh, this is what we do, and oh, look, I'm sad, and oh, to actually portray human emotions on the exterior, but to actually go in, because I've always had that, that inner curiosity it is really, um, it's really helped me to find uh, what it is that, that the human spirit needs. And my human spirit needed to step away from the identity that I had carried for so long and get to know who I was. So I traveled for the first time in my life to try and connect to who I am. And by doing that, I lost a lot of work and I lost my reputation that, oh, she's gone wandering. But I was on a search. I was on a pilgrimage back home to myself. And, um, and so that also led me into spiritual inquiry, into the whole notion of the human soul and, um, and, a, and, a, and a soul, uh, like a parent's soul. Some call it God, some call it Yahweh, some call it Baba, or... There's different names for this one entity that is that I find personally <clears throat> a stillness and a reconnection and a reassurance in when I become very fearful to stop, to connect, to remember. In panic and fear, I forget. I forget myself. I forget my purpose. I forget the possibilities of life, the wonderment of life. I forget. But by finding a practice that you can contemplate in, contemplate options and possibilities to, to, to realign. That's what I, I meditate. But for me, meditation is an alignment. Sometimes it's not a sitting meditation. It can be a walking meditation where I can where I can walk and contemplate, where I can walk in nature and contemplate. So I think we need to develop practices that support and nurture and empower my, my sense of self, my sense of being in this world, because that's when I am, it's perilous. That's when fear grips me, when I lose myself. That's what happened to me at auditions. I lost myself. Instead of standing there saying, this is who I am. This is what I bring. This is what I can offer. Does it suit what you're looking for? If not, that's fine. 
and walk out with my dignity and integrity. And we were talking earlier about shame just while we were waiting to come on. And I was, I felt shame when I walked out of there that I hadn't represented myself as best as I possibly could. And that's all we can do in this life is to live a life as best as we possibly can and to represent myself in the moment as best as I can. But if I, if I make a mistake, if I so-called fail, then in whose eyes is it? Failure can be such a great learning um, opportunity rather than seeing it as a fearful thing that stops me, <clears throat> my potential. I'm fear of failure, fear of being left behind, fear of poverty, fear of, of being without. And these are real fears. These are the basic fears of humanity, the basic underlying fear, uh, underlying need of humanity is to have shelter, to have food, to feel safe. It's a natural, natural uh, need and fear that we have if that's going to be taken away. But at the end of the day, when you have a connection to yourself, nothing and no one can make you small. You'll find a way through. And the, create, the creative self is a great gift. Because um, in, there's a, a wonderful psychiatrist, psychologist called Moreno, and he developed, um, well, it's a social atom of how we're all connected, but he also developed something called the canon of creativity. And so he talks about spontaneity and the wonderment of spontaneity and how spontaneity moves us through our life. It's like a, it's like a propels us, spontaneity propels us to move forward to be spontaneous in the moment to 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 and, and through spontaneity comes creativity so when I'm spontaneous I can be creative I can wow this is a new possibility it's a bit like you know improvisation to improvise when I don't know what to do I'll improvise something uh, like where our cupboards are almost bare you improvise with what you have but spontaneity, as it trajects to, as it travels towards to become a creative, something that you uh, that comes out as a creation. What happens is if fear comes in the way of spontaneity, the creativity never happens. The creation is left left undone because the spontaneity has been stopped by fear. And so what happens is it turns around, it either shrivels and dies, that spontaneous moment that we never get to the aha moment of, whoa. So we turn around and go back to what's safe, back to the territory I know. Even if there's nothing there for me, at least it's something I know. It's why we stay in bad relationships. At least I'm, it's something familiar because out there, is unknown territory and that is fear, fearful. But uh, you know, that's uh, that can play with the mind. If I can, if I can have some mastery over my mind, quarantine negative thoughts, quarantine fear at times when it's not serving me, quarantine it. We're getting, we're getting a very strong understanding of what quarantining is now. Quarantine negativity and quarantine fear park it and investigate something new, new possibility. 
and then go back to it if there's nothing there or then go back to the fear or go back to the negativity whatever but give it a go just just try it and um i've seen it in conflict you know my i did a master's degree in mediation and conflict resolution i was very interested in mindful mediation and how to be in the present how to be with the conflict how to be with the the pain and the fear within conflict and inner conflict is definitely an outcome of living in a fearful state or should I or shouldn't I will I or won't I do I or don't I all this inner conflict of, of going on in the self creates conflict around me and that ricochets ripples has a ripple effect we've all heard of the ripple effect and it, and it escalates into that fearful state and then in that fearful state others have power over us and um, there's a lot of protests happening here against the government a lot of anger um, about vaccinations or not non-vaccinations about lockdowns or not lockdowns and so there's so much anger and one of the um, byproducts of a lack of creativity is depression anger and violence when our creative energy is stifled and shut down when our world of possibilities is diminished we become angry we become violent and we or we just get depressed so if you've got any of those symptoms then you it's time to really revisit your creativity your creative self if there's inner conflict in the self it's time to go still time to find moments of alignment be it meditation be it prayer be it being in nature being at working the soil being it assisting the climate that needs our help and our positivity so much of nature is being affected by our fearful thoughts by our fearful uh, vibrations so we have a we have a responsibility to ourselves, to others in this uh, global family, in this world. So it's not easy, I know. It's a big ask, but it's we're full of all. We've got all the toolkit within us. We've just forgotten, and it's uh, meditation for me wasn't something that I learned. It was about remembering. We we daydreamed as children. It's a form of meditation. We, were, we took moments out as little kids, babies, you see them gazing into space. And it's a peaceful kind of moment for them. You sometimes don't want to interrupt them. So it's, uh, we're all in this together. None of us are alone. We're all connected and interconnected. I can think of someone and they'll call me. It's just so, so beautiful. We are not alone. So there's no fear of that. And we'll find a way because that's what the human spirit does. We'll come from the heart. We'll live our lives and whatever is coming to us from the heart space, that's what the origins of the word courage is, to come from the heart, courage, kur, kur. I'm probably saying it completely wrong, but you get, the un you get what I'm trying to say is to live our lives from the heart. If we get too much into our head, then others get into our head and we become 
admirable. So live your life from your heart. Live your life with curiosity, possibilities and creativity, and you will find yourself, you will connect with yourself. Others will get to see who you are in your authentic self, and they will feel, they will feel courage from your courage. It's, a, it's contagious just as fear is. It's contagious. So decide what you want, decide and choose. So I look forward to sensing this, uh, this new adventure that you're going on to, to uh, have victory over fear, to fear less and to rise above it, to into a higher consciousness, a higher state of thinking, to rise above it will always be there. Fear is part of being in this world, but to rise above it, to see it and know it's there, but it can't take my life away from me. So thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to investigate in myself this very, very important topic. And this isn't the end of it. It's just the beginning in some ways. And it's, we all need to be reminded you've provided me with this opportunity to remember what's important to me. And I hope you get the opportunity for conversations of this nature with others. So thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. Um, can you please guide us into a meditation? Yes. And, and then I'll, uh, there's quite a few questions. Uh -oh. <laughs> it would be an honor to just sit in that beautiful space with you. Thank you. We are here together sitting in this, this peaceful, powerful, courageous vibration that we have created here together. We are one, united, we are together and yet separate. And in this moment, in this moment, I feel the energies that trouble me, that make me small, that make me forget. The energies that put fear into me, doubt, worry, concerns, I, I, I let them all drop away in this moment. I put them in a little basket alongside me. And I 
move away into a space filled with light, filled with hope, filled with the joy of possibilities, of newness, of wonderment, the qualities that have laid dormant within myself, the strengths, the wisdom are all of these gifts are awakening, are being called to the forefront of my life. my creative self, my childlike creative self that filled me with possibilities and a joy that I've forgotten but is now awakening like the light of early dawn, newness, love, kindness, Where I care for myself, I nurture all that I am, not what I've become. The limitations that have owned me, I set them free. flies away and a gentle loving kindness settles in my heart and shines a light on all that is possible, all that is life-giving, all that sustains. Welcome back. I, I don't know where I lost you because I was, I was in that place of uh, silence in my heart and uh, shining the light on possibilities. But I suppose it was a good place to stop because well, the basket of things is sort of it's disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was really funny because I thought you, you had 
paused and so I wasn't sure if I was going to be interrupting you or not <laughs> and then um, yeah everything just froze and, and in you went so yeah I'm going to go through the questions because they're really interesting yes. um, great there's this one yeah let's begin with the first one so how does one deal with the sense of failure in one's self maybe not even a sense of failure but upset when you had great expectations of what you hoped anticipated you would have achieved by a certain point in your life and felt fulfilled more to your full creative potential it's a really really good question and thank you for it and it's uh it's not an not an easy answer and i think again you'll you'll find the answer within yourself in time but um a failure it's a really it's an interpretation really isn't it at some, what what is the what is the guideline to say? Well, this is a failure, or this is a learning opportunity. And you know, sometimes we do fail, and we need the humility to acknowledge that and go, okay, you know, I I could have done better. Oh, I should have done better, but that's all I had the capacity to do at that time. And so there's that there's that where we need to acknowledge, but we also need to know. Um, we, we need to understand whether or not uh, I need to take responsibility for, responsibility for that. Was it my doing? And um, so on one hand, acknowledge it and then learn from it. And that's the question. That's the investigation where you go, okay, so my interpretation of that event was that I failed. And I feel really bad about it. But what else did it, what else came out of it? Because in any situation that happens to us, there are much more things than one dimension of response. Failure is only one. There's other, there's other possibilities in it. And so we also need a conversation of inquiry. Well, what did I learn from this? What has been the, what has been the gift in this very difficult situation where I feel I failed or I failed someone or I could have done better. My life is my life is absolutely littered with a pathway of feeling fail, failed. And there are times when I have made done, I've taken the wrong turn. And I have to be kind enough to myself to say, well, I interpret that as a wrong turn or I interpret it that I failed at that. But on retrospect or in time or with with inquiry can realize that it was actually a great gift and sometimes in the state of humility is where we learn the great gift when there's still a certain arrogance around or ego around you know I should have done better than that then it's really hard to learn the experiences just that awful sickening gut-wrenching feeling of failure or sadness in the failure so uh you know, so when we bring, bring in the humility, we can either apologize or we can acknowledge or we can see that, yep, I, but also it's really, really important in order to keep nurturing the soil of the self to keep composting, throw back in the old stuff to be recycled into something nurturing and nourishing. Because there's definitely wonderment to be learned from every, situ every situation we find ourselves in. So I hope that um, I hope that answers your question, um, but do a, have a conversation of inquiry with yourself around this. Yeah. 
It's uh, an, a question by a fellow actor. And she's saying how um, 47 years in the business and I too auditioned for Into the Woods. <laughs> I don't know how to cope with the sadness of my career deteriorating and, and the sorrow that also brings fear and the or not, uh, career diminishing and the sorrow that brings. It's a hard one. And I wish we could have a conversation together, the two of us about this. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. And I've been through some, I've been through some uh, little storms and in myself around this because it's, uh, it carries, it can carry, um, you know, it can feel like a, it's a lost, a lost dream or a, uh, it's you put so much of yourself into this work and so when the work isn't there then it's who am I and um, and so um, cr creativity and spirituality are actually very very connect connected they're in the same part of the brain um, they exist in the same part of the brain and so I have found that my un unnurtured or my my unfulfilled um, creative creative self has, has also been nurtured by my spiritual path and I've gone very deeply into it and that in itself has had the ups and downs of the same as my creative pro creative journey the the losses and the gains and the and the fears and the victories the highs and the lows the the, the accolades and the critics so it's it's kind of life and it's we are the representatives of life and so there has to be um that in order to nurture all those that wonderful years of experience you really need to grow the garden of that uh, I, that's what I look at I, I went and studied mediation and conflict resolution there's wonderful work happening in the area of peace building and um, repairing communities after war and violence and trauma using creativity, using theatre, using, um, using a kind of a form of playback theatre. Um, but it's, uh, it, there's, uh, there's wonderful, wonderful work going on if you can Google um, using theatre for refugees or for this is where it's at now. I mean, it's hard when you've been a professional and you've been working in the in the 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 magic and the majesty of it all. So it's not it it's never finishes. You've obviously made a choice, unknowingly or knowingly, you've made a choice, and so reinvent yourself, recreate yourself by using your creativity. And um, I haven't gone into peace peacemaking and peace building using create using my my theatre uh, gifts or my experience and skills but it's not something I'm I have not entertained doing so there's lots of lots of opportunities out there now where you can do corporate work using um, I work a lot with students too on doing um, role-playing in simulations simulations are very powerful I use my acting skills in a lot of ways I create, I've created characters for corporate dinners, you know, um, hoax speaker type things. They're great fun. You know, so you can, as long as you keep your heart open and it doesn't become sad and, and a sense of loss. So I'm, I don't know if there's any way we can reconnect again, but I'm, 
I'm always open to you for a, a, a Zoom or a, a chat somehow. I don't know how, but anyway, you're not alone. <laughs> the world is full of, and at least, um, you know, I know a lot that just turn to drugs and alcohol. So stay away from those if you can, because that's the illusion. <laughs> Another question is, um, I reconnected with an old friend last year. We met and since then arranged to meet up again, but they've now canceled three times last minute. This makes me not wanting to either see them again or go out and meet new people. I keep thinking, what's the point? Because people keep rejecting me and letting me down. What are your thoughts? So that friend canceled at the last minute, did they? Mm. Yes, it's rejection. Yeah. It is, darling. I really understand, and it is a nasty, it's a, such a an awful feeling of rejection. And we all, as a in the human state, all of us feel it, and all of us are subjected to it, and all of us are vulnerable to it. But it is an interpretation. It's an interpretation of my belonging. It's an interpretation of my existence with those that I know or those that are around me. But this is uh, where we have to expand ourselves. Fear makes us small. Rejection makes us small. Um, fearful thoughts make us small. This is where we have to find processes that open up um, us to allow us to interpret all the questions that have come so far have been really around an interpretation of loss or interpretation of, my, of how I interpret my perspective. So how do I change my perspective on a friend that cancelled at the last moment? If we hear someone else's story, we always can understand more. You know, we, cannot, we can dislike someone for years and we hear their story and it brings an understanding. Now there's a story, there's a backstory here with your friend or with other people. Everyone is carrying stories at the moment. And when, this is why arguments sometimes happen because it's only in shouting and screaming at each other do we hear the truth. Do we hear the, well, if, if I, I was really having a bad day and I, I lost all my confidence and I felt I didn't, couldn't go out. Well, why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you just say? Instead, I thought you were rejecting me. So I thought you just didn't want to go. No, I wanted, I really wanted to see you. But things had happened. I had this phone call and it really upset me. It took away my confidence and I just couldn't go out in public. So oh, I wasted all that energy, all that pain, all that, those feelings for what? And so that's usually 90% of the time, there's usually a backstory that I'm not seeing because I'm lost in my own pain or I'm lost in my own feelings, which is only natural. You don't punish yourself for that, but keep a bit of perspective that there's, there's another person involved here or other people. And so if you, if you stay connected to why people love you, why, why you have friends in the first place, what are your qualities? And you nurture those like you nurture a garden, like you water the plants that you love find opportunities to nurture that in yourself and then you'll never be short of friends always nurture that part of yourself that a sense of giving giving rather than needing to receive oh i need this 
if you're always having a consciousness of giving, then it will protect you and you will never be alone. When I had these traumas in auditions, I changed it around by having a sense that I am here to offer something. I am here to give, not that I need. In a needy state, we are powerless. We are, it's precarious to be needy, but to be sort of, this is an indication there's something lacking that you need to nurture in yourself because you're wanting it from others. And that's dangerous because if they can't give it to you, then, you know, I'm alone and nobody loves me. Because it's so don't give your power away to anyone or anything. Um, another question on loss. Um, I lost my husband recently and I feel lost. I feel like I've lost some confidence. Is that fear? That's grief. You know, we have to understand the process, the journey of grief. I'm so um, really offer my my loving condolences to you for that there's no words that can really um and the loss of confidence is just a realigning after being a a, a part in partnership um it's a realigning with the self and that's a journey and you can't put a time frame around that if you've lost your confidence in yourself it's because you've you you've lost that connection to self that's what loss of confidence is is who am I and how can I move forward in this life without that partnership because we adjusted to each other for so long and I consulted or they consulted and my purpose and my sense of identity was linked to that and now that's been taken away your husband has moved on on his journey and he is on a journey and he's he's focused on his journey. Now it's time for you to focus on your journey and just small baby steps, little by little, and sit within the self, reconnect to the self, find some processes that, that nurture you. I tell you, going out gardening, going, I know it's cold and everything, but rug up, get out in nature feel the elements and be with yourself in different environments and um but it's a grieving process and be kind to yourself it, it, it will pass as all things do it will pass and uh you will find something really wonderful waiting there for you which will be you <laughs> another related um question I lost my mum this week and I feel the need for social support but fear being needy and too reliant on others how do I reach out without this fear oh, <clears throat> I hope um, your mummy left okay and that um, bless her journey forward as well she is now in the process of 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 recreating that's the greatest thing about death is we are recreated we are we move into the newness of possibilities and that's where that's where you will be moving into you have had a death yourself part of you died 
whether it was your husband or whether it's a mother, whether it's a friend, part of us dies. And so with the death comes a rebirth, something new, so new possibilities. And um, I think, uh, can you just re re reiterate some of the question again? So I feel the need for social support. Yes, yeah, social fear, support. But I fear being needy and too reliant on others. So how to reach yeah. out without that thing? Yeah. Well, I think um, I, I have, I've always had a lot of trouble asking. I don't want to be a bother to people. So I understand that. But friends of mine have started saying over time, especially recently, you know, just allow us to give, Chrissy. Allow us, you know, and I've been, it's been suggested that I should ask more. You know, don't be afraid to ask. If you need help, ask. And and otherwise they stop ask, they stop, they stop asking you, are you okay? They stop asking you, do you need support? Because they don't know what to do. And so sometimes that fear can come as a form of ego as well. Um, I get fearful because uh, I don't want to be seen to be needy or I don't want to impose on people. I don't want to um be a nuisance well okay it's possible that if you just you know some people um don't have a um don't have a, a the capacity to know when to stop you know calling people or but you could you could ask your friends you could ask do you mind is it okay if I call you when I'm feeling like this and um will you tell me uh, you know communication is very important at times like this um, it, will you tell me if I'm if I'm being a nuisance, or will you tell me if I'm asking too much? But it's um, I don't know if your friends or your social network are offering you support at this time. Hopefully they are. Um, if not, then reach out to those that you feel are, are the are the best ones too. They may not be your closest ones, but they may be the most empathetic, compassionate ones the ones who will, you know, who will understand, maybe who will listen or who will support. But um, try, and, try and diminish that fear by having the humility to ask, the humility to reach out. It's a, it's a beautiful quality, humility. And I, I find that with death, aging, illness, it's, it really nurtures humility, you know, because the, there's nothing I can do to change it. But, to, but I need to reach out. I need, we do need social contact at times of grieving. So we either go in when we're grieving and we go, you know, quiet and want solitude or we need to reach out. So I would, um, otherwise there might be a support group for grieving and um, there might be uh, somewhere there that you can start to investigate on the internet, if there's any outreach, um, you know, there could be strangers, but you've all got something in common to, to talk about. So she's yeah. written um, that they are offering support, luckily. <laughs> oh, great. Then take it. If they're offering it, take it. Otherwise, they get hurt. They feel frustrated that they can't help you. So thank them you know, make them a little cake or something and just show that your appreciation, but um, so you're not just taking, 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 
taking them for granted, which I'm sure you wouldn't. You wouldn't have asked this question in the first place. I bet you have beautiful people around you that really want to. And as, as the girl that said that lost her husband also, I'm sure there are people that really want to be there for you. Uh, open the, open the um, portal and let them in. <laughs> well, we just want to hang out with you, Chrissy. There's still so many questions, but I think I'm sorry to everyone for not asking them, but time is just moving on. The morning has come in Australia, but we still want to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hang out with you too. We should be a, a regular little team. But even any questions that you've asked that can't be answered, then please ask them of yourself and find an answer of sorts. It may not be the answer you hoped for, the answer that you feel, you know, is 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 nourishing enough or chewy enough for you at this moment. But keep asking the questions of yourself. Keep being your own best teacher and don't let others take away your power or your or, or make you fearful. That's the greatest anarchy. All these people that protest here, I think, you know, they're called anarchists. They're, the greatest anarchy is to keep the sanctuary of your mind sacred and don't let anything take that away from you. Keep nurturing it and, and, uh, and bless you all and, and uh, stay in that realm of light and love and courage from the heart for possibilities and newness everyone's yeah. just expressing that thanks and yeah from us too thank you Chrissy it's been wonderful oh, and so thank you Chrissy <laughs> thank, thank you all and thank, you, thank all. you everyone yeah for joining yeah. us and sharing you know everybody shared so openly and beautifully uh, and you shared uh, with, with such warmth that yeah thank you and everybody have a fearless and a creative week